Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, April 25th. We begin with an update on the war in Ukraine. We get the latest on the Russian invasion and insight as to what may come next from Marcus Kolga, Senior Fellow with the Macdonald-Laurier Institute. Next, we look at the amount of personal debt Canadians are currently carrying and the amount of stress it can cause in our lives. Marie Kozlowski, VP of BDO Debt Solutions, offers up some tips on how to manage your finances and tackle your personal debt. We may be moving towards normalcy, but the pandemic is still having a negative effect on our mental health. We discuss the lingering impact the past couple of years has had and what we can do to get some help when we're joined by Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. And finally, something delicious is brewing for the upcoming summer festival season in Calgary. We get details on Brewery and the Beast taking place this August at Stampede Park and why you'll need to get your tickets sooner rather than later. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken met with President Zelensky in Kiev this weekend in Ukraine, pledging further aid to Ukraine with some insight into the situation in Eastern Europe right now. We're joined this morning by Marcus Colgott, founder of disinfowatch.org and a senior fellow at the McDonnell-Laurier Institute. Good morning to you, Marcus. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay, so let's just jump in. And what do we know about President Zelensky's meeting with U.S. diplomats this weekend? And what what does that do to further what's happening in that country? Well, I think that that visit by the uh, Secretary of State and Secretary of of Defense clearly sends a signal that uh, the United States is uh, is behind Ukraine and will continue to support it in its uh, efforts to drive back the uh, the russian uh, uh, invaders um there have also been uh you know this this there's this commitment of 700 million dollars more in uh in in lethal defensive weapons for ukraine and this is the kind of support that ukraine needs and uh, is that support is helping it uh to uh, to Pushback, uh, Russia certainly uh, that so that sort of Western military support in equipment has uh, has allowed it to uh, repel Russia's attack on Kiev and is limiting uh, the gains it's been making in in eastern U- Ukraine over the past several days. All right, let's look at this, Marcus, because it seems like every every week or so, in different countries across the globe, you're hearing about the more millions and millions that are being you know sent over to help Ukrainians in their battle. I'm wondering. Is there a limit to the amount Western countries can provide Ukraine, an aid limit? When are we going to see the ceiling on this? Well, look, uh, you know, uh, eventually there will be uh, 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 some sort of a limit to uh, what uh, we can send Ukraine. But uh, at this point, and I think that uh, for, uh, this has to be sustained for the coming weeks and months, we have to continue sending those weapons uh, in order to stop Vladimir Putin, because this will only end uh, if we can if we can help Ukraine stop Vladimir Putin and push Vladimir Putin uh, and his forces back beyond uh, the Ukrainian border and back into Russia. Um, let's not forget that uh, Vladimir Putin has been engaging in this sort of these sort of cycles of conflict for the past uh, you know ten years or more. Um, there is nothing that will prevent him at this point from uh, expanding his aggression uh, beyond Ukraine. Uh, over the weekend, we heard that there could be plans for Russia to uh, engage militarily against Moldova. Um, the Baltic countries, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, are all extremely concerned that uh, they could be also in, in Russia's crosshairs. 
So it's critically important that we do all that we can right now to push Vladimir Putin back and stop him uh, so that he doesn't threaten other nations in the region. And to that point, Marcus, is that why then the U.S. said also this weekend, they, you know, aside from the military side of things, that they would return a diplomatic presence to the Ukraine? Well, it's in- incredibly important that Western countries like the United States return. That right, all of them have, all of these countries have evacuated their embassies west to uh, the city of Lviv. Um, their return to Kiev also sends a very strong message both to the Ukrainian people but also to the Russians that uh, that the Western world won't be uh, cowered by this his his aggression right now and uh, and so returning to, uh, to to Kiev sending those diplomats back will will be very very important what do we know about the information being received by the Russian people Marcus in the, the realities of the war of what's happening in Ukraine are the Russians themselves, the regular civilians, aware of why the, the, the battle is happening and how they're being carried out, these missions? That's oh, a great question. Um, the Russian people are right now uh, completely sealed off from the Western world in, in the context of information and news. Um, they uh, are being manipulated by the Russian government. And right now, they are living in a completely different reality when it comes to geopolitics and domestic issues as well. So whatever the Russians are hearing, the Russian people are hearing, all of this is coming directly from the Russian government. Um, In Russia, they've also outlawed any sort of criticism of the war. So uh, right now, we know that to date, since February 24th, when the war started, 15,000 Russians have been arrested for their criticism of the war, for protesting the war. And just last week, a leading Russian opposition leader uh, and human rights activist Vladimir Karamorza was arrested and w- was charged with uh, with, a, with a law that outlaws that same law that outlaws criticism of the war and could face up to 15 years in prison. Vladimir Karamorza has sev- come to Canada several times to advocate on behalf of the Russian pro-democracy and human rights movement. Um, and so, uh, you know, Russians are, are number one; they are, aren't getting. Uh, information, but they're also being repressed insofar as their criticism of, of the war. Back on the ground in Ukraine, Marcus, uh, Russia attacking rail and fuel facilities today. And that's really crucial, isn't it, from all that we've been hearing about how countries like the U.S., like Canada, are getting their, their weaponry to the people who are fighting in Ukraine is by rail. Without that, that's a big setback for the country, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Uh, just this morning, we're learning that uh, five railway stations in central and western Ukraine have been targeted. Um, these are critical hubs for the weapons that Canada, the United States, and other European nations are sending to Ukraine. They're critical for getting those weapons uh, to the east where they're needed most. Um, but I think more concerningly is that these are also hubs for Ukrainian refugees. So those who are fleeing the, the barbaric invasion in the east, we know that Russian forces have been targeting civilians, civilian infrastructure. Um, women and children who are fleeing have been targeted in other railway stations. So those railway stations uh, as hubs for refugees are being targeted as part of Russia's uh, terror war um, intended to strike fear in, into, into Ukraine. So there's the military side, but there's also the civilian side, which I think Western governments need to be really concerned about. The information part of this war, Marcus, and the disinformation more particularly when it comes to Russia, 
how do we decipher and what would you you know suggest to our listeners to know what is the truth and what is not when it comes to information being released from Russia because this is one thing that you specialize in right well I, you know I think that uh, Canadians need to uh, instantly be critical of any information that they're hearing from uh, from the Kremlin from their official spokesman um, they have uh, throughout the past two months, um, denied that uh, Russian forces are doing engaging in the tactics that we know that they're engaging in. That means uh, targeting civilian infrastructure, bombing uh, cities. They have denied, denied, and denied. And so I think the Canadians need to, and all Western uh, uh, societies need to, uh, you know, question anything that they're hearing from from the uh, from the Kremlin. Uh, you know, we need to be uh, aware of some of the narratives that are coming out about Ukraine. You know, initially, the Russian government suggested that uh, they are engaging in a limited operation in Ukraine to denazify it. Um, you know, there are no Nazis in Ukraine. This is a democratically elected government that's run by a Jewish president. Uh, there are also been efforts to try and villainize the Ukrainian community right here in Canada, uh, which is one of the largest uh, foreign diaspora groups, Ukrainian diaspora groups uh, in the world. Uh, there have been efforts to, uh, you know, demonize them as being neo-Nazis as well, just like the, the Ukrainian government. So any these sorts of narratives we need to be aware of and certainly reject them when we hear them. And we'll send people to your website, disinfowatch.org. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Marcus. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Marcus Kolga, founder of disinfowatch.org and a senior fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute. The wage is not keeping pace with the inflation rate and a lot of Canadians are concerned about their financial future. So with tips to help manage your finances and debts, we're joined this morning by Marie Kozlowski, Vice President of BDO Debt Solutions. Good morning to you, Marie. Thanks for being with us. Oh, you're welcome. Good morning. Sue. Th- Good morning, Andy. I think a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people, Marie, in a, in a tough place right now and with rising interest rates and inflation, everything going up, you know, I think maybe a lot of people are in some kind of trouble right now. Do you have any stats on that? Yes. Um, I mean, we know that very recently, aside from what we've seen in with the rising inflation rate and rising interest rates, we know that um, a poll, a recent poll from TransUnion is telling us that more, more than half of Canadians are feeling very concerned about inflation, understandably so, and more than half of them are not feeling confident about their household finances, being able to uh, keep up in the next 12 months. Actually, even 25% think uh, they will not, not be able to cover or finance um, at least one of their current bills or, and loans in full. And you're right, we have a decline in purchasing power. Um, wages have only gone up 3.4%. And we know that interest rates are on the rise and inflation is now at 6.7% and going to rise again. Um, so we also know credit card debt is rising. Those stats are from Equifax Canada. And I can tell you from a personal perspective that insolvency filings are up year on year. And I expect that to continue. Many Canadians and our burdens are at there or approaching their financial tipping point. And, and now is the time to, um, as we spoke, we've talked about many, many, um, very often, now is the time to really take a look at your financial situation. You know, t- taking a look is one thing, Marie, but I, I think that maybe a lot of us, that's the issue. We don't, and we, we, we're not, uh, you know, taking stock of, of what we're spending. So, so at what point, 
uh, you know, do we know that something's wrong? How do we uh, know that we should have to change our ways? Okay, thanks, Andy. Um, as I said, now is, you know, now is the time to do a deep dive into the budget. And I'll say again, if you don't have a budget, you need to develop one because that's the most important tool that you have right now. Once you have that budget, you can take a look at it and you can figure out, can I free up some cash? Now is not the time to take on more debt. Now is the time to pay down debt. And as I said, reduce monthly living expenses, if at all possible, given inflation, and then start paying that down that debt even more. Um, you can to look at your current level of debt. Take a look at how you're managing. Are you keeping up with your monthly bills and debt obligations? You can actually stress test your debt. I'm not referring to the mortgage stress test, but there are stress test tools uh, on our website, BDO Debt Solution, to, so you can figure out how it how rising interest rates and rising inflation and your available and the cash you've got available on a monthly basis how you're uh, that's going to compute and how you're going to be able to perhaps reduce your debt or if simply your debt is running out of control you are at that financial tipping point and you need to reach out and get some help and um, you can also look at the warning signs of financial difficulty. They're on our website as well, bdodebtsolutions.ca. And you can take a look and see, am I, do I recognize myself in those warning signs? I would also say right now that if you have some savings or you're carrying equity in your home, uh, perhaps you want to see if you can leverage some of that to reduce your debt and reduce your monthly uh, debt repayment and monthly bills. And of course, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal soon, you may want to consider taking that mortgage penalty when you renegotiate and lock in at a lower rate. And as I said, lots of tools available. Go to bdodebtsolutions.ca, uh, actually debtsolutions.bdo.ca, and, um, you know, take a look. If you are at that point or you think you're, you're, you're edging near to it, reach out, and there's no... There's no consultation fee. Uh, we're not here to be judgmental. We're here to help. And the more information you have, the sooner the better, the more power you have. As I said before, knowledge is power. Do you think, Marie, is that sort of the, the biggest thing for people is they feel like they're going to be judged? They feel like people are going to look at you like you're a complete idiot, not realizing that there are so many people in the same situation, whether it's deep in debt or just, you know, things are starting to get a little bit out of control and you don't know what to do about it. Absolutely. Look, I don't, I mean, people say to me oh, every day when I meet people, I wish I'd talked to you sooner. It's very, the very, it's very, very, it's, it's not very often that somebody comes ahead of their financial tipping point. There is no, you know, it's, you don't need to be embarrassed. This is happening to most people in different ways. What you're doing is actually uh, protecting yourself, obtaining the information that you need so that you can make the best choices for you and your family if and when um, the situation is such that you reach that point and things are tipping in the wrong way. You can pull it back. You can actually look at some options. You can select which option is going to work for you. And it doesn't necessarily mean a proposal or anything of that nature. It may be a simple renegotiation with your creditors or even going back to basics, developing that budget. 
developing your skills in terms of looking at your finances on a monthly basis. And believe me, knowledge is power. People tell me that all the time. I feel so much better now because I've got this under my control. I have the control of it. I have the power. So please, if anybody's out there listening, please don't be embarrassed. That's the best first step you can take. One thing I would point out, guys, is that, you know, everybody is experiencing the financial difficulties now with rising inflation and interest rates. But some people on fixed income are feeling it even more. These are the seniors, people on age, those kind of individuals. We got to leave it there for time, Marie. But yes, uh, we'll we'll put people to your website, uh, direct them to debtsolutions.bdo.ca for more. But yeah, very timely. Thank you very much. You have a good rest of the day. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. That is Marie Kozlowski, Vice President of BDO Debt Solutions. It's no secret the pandemic has had an impact on our mental health. And although we've made great strides back to normalcy, that doesn't mean we're out of the woods yet, particularly when it comes to mental health. To discuss, we're joined by Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. Good morning to you, Dr. J. Good morning. Whereas we're doing our best to get back to normal, Dr. J, with, you know, work, family events, planning vacations, that doesn't mean things are going smoothly for everyone, does it? No, I think there's a lot of people who are still really, really struggling. And uh, it's still time that we can still correct that if we can or still make amends. So how do we know when it's time to actually get some help to seek out a professional? Because I could just be feeling a little blue, but um, we know how do you know when it goes beyond that? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's a difficult one to answer. But I would say if somebody's even thinking about this, it's already probably an issue. Because if we're feeling healthy physically and mentally, we don't think about our health. So if I'm worried about things, I'm probably maybe there is some issue. So I sort of I, I saw a great reference where it talked about five different things. So when thoughts or emotions are, are just seem to be out of control, I can't keep a lid on them. When I can't cope with day-to-day life stressors, when I'm using alcohol, cannabis, drugs to deal with day-to-day interactions and responsibilities, when I'm confused or overwhelmed by how I feel, or when I'm just the worst, I guess, hopeless, um, I, I you know, have suicidality. These are all, if you have any of those five, that would be an absolute red flag to get in and see somebody because those are beyond normal. Can you tell us if in your experience you have seen a change? Because it seems to me over the past several years, the old campaigns of, you know, it's okay to not be okay and uh, let's talk, these different campaigns have tried to remove the stigma. Are you finding that people talk about mental health more openly now, Dr. J? The youth, absolutely, without mm-hmm. question. I think um, it's, it, there is a generational uh, issue still, like the elderly uh, are much less likely to uh, sort of talk about it or accept this, whereas the youth are much, much more open. So I think historically over time we are doing better and better where people are Uh, coming in and saying, yeah, I I don't feel well mentally. I really am struggling with anxiety or depression or, and I do need help. So yes, people are reaching out more readily, but I think there still is shame. I think there still is guilt. We look around the world, you know, I'm just listening to, you know, the Ukraine war, you know, people who have deaths in the family from COVID, like people who are doing way, way worse than we are. So I feel guilty that I feel depressed or anxious because I, you know, my life is pretty good. You know, we're living in a pretty reasonable 
uh, a time now, even with our pandemic. So I, I feel even more guilt and shame that I feel mentally challenged right now. And people shouldn't feel that way. So many of us are struggling in our own way, right? So, you know, on that note, if you're open about it, it's usually pretty easy to find someone who can refer you to maybe their psychologist or something like that. But if you don't have anybody in your life that you know, or you don't know where to go and look to find a doctor or for someone to speak to, what's your best suggestion on that? So, so family and friends are a great place to start, but there's only, they can only go so far. Primary care provider, whether this be your family doctor, whether this be a nurse practitioner, anyone on that front line is a very good resource. If it's beyond that, uh, HealthLink 811, you ask for Access Mental Health, and they can connect you to all the resources that exist uh, in Alberta. So a very, very good resource. But yeah, reach out, talk, connect. Uh, there are resources, there are professionals who can absolutely help. If you have a good family doc, reach out to them because they can be an incredible resource to getting those services. Good stuff. A timely topic. Thanks, Dr. J. You betcha. Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. Western Canada's premium culinary experience, Brewery and the Beast, is back. It is coming back to Calgary this August, highlighting delicious food from a big roster of great Calgary, Banff, and Edmonton chefs and restaurants, and it sounds absolutely delicious. Joining us with details this morning is Scott Gurney, event creator for Brewery and the Beast. Hi, Scott. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Okay, for those who don't know, let's talk about the event itself. What is Brewery and the Beast? Brewery and the Beast is a festival of meat. So (laughs) it is plenty of chefs from the area, probably about uh, 50 or so, all cooking um, locally sourced and ethically raised meats over open fire uh, through creative methods. And uh, it is just a whole bunch of awesome meat uh, cooked up that you can have all you can eat. And then uh, there's some beautiful Calgary craft beers to wash that down with. So all you can eat uh, you com- completely. I know we've been to a lot of different wine festivals and food festivals in the city. You need different tickets and different amounts of tickets. Is that the case with this one, or is it uh, ticket-free once you've paid your, your admission price? So for the food, it is completely inclusive. You can have as much as you want. And then uh, we provide all of the guests with uh, eight beverage tickets so that you can have uh, all your choices of, uh, of drinks and their full-size pours. So if you want a beer, if you want a glass of wine, if you want a cider, or maybe enjoy a nice refreshing cocktail, you just use those tickets for that. But that food part is you just have at it and go for it. Scott, this is six year. And, and last year you had to put it off altogether, didn't you, because of the pandemic? Two years of the pandemic, 2020 and 2021. So this is the first year back in three years. Uh, so pretty exciting times for, for the event and for uh, Calgarians alike to, uh, to get out there again. Who should go? Do I have to know my craft beers? Do I have to be a barbecue uh, fan, like a fanatic to go? No, you just have to like to eat really great food and um, support local restaurants. And then, uh, you know, if you're a craft beer guy, great. There's uh, there's some really great breweries this year. Tool Shed's there. Banded Peak is there. We're chatting with a third one right now just to make sure we've got the, the right mix. And then, uh, you know, for those that don't drink beer, there's wine, there's cider, there's cocktails, and, um, and plenty of non-alcoholic options, too, for the designated driver, for those who just want to focus on the food. Um, you know, there's coffee, there's kombucha tea, there's all sorts of different flavored waters, and, and um, you know, it's a great mix for, for folks who, depending on whatever they'd like to drink. And I know it goes fast, tickets do. I, I think I saw something over the weekend, you're already 70% sold out, is that correct? 
Yeah, as of this morning, I think it's over 80%. Wow, okay. So, um, yeah, they get do on sell it. pretty quickly. Yeah. Got to get on it. It is a ton of fun. The food is fantastic. The drink as well. It's down at Stampede Park, so convenient to take the transit because you are going to want to indulge in all that you can and enjoy it. We'll send people to breweryandthebeast.com for tickets. Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, guys. You too, Scott Gurney, event creator for Brewery and the Beast. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.